This is episode number 37 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. And Jess and I are super excited today to have another expert guest on who started her own business because of her own postpartum experience. So Nadine Woods is the founder of Mayana Genevieve, an innovative, ethically made luxury intimate apparel line designed to celebrate and support women and motherhood. Following the birth of her daughter, Nadine was introduced to the world of nursing bras and shapewear. Frustrated with the selection available on the market, she envisioned undergarments that were functional without compromising on style for women at any stage. With undetectable healing elements built into every garment, Nadine's inclusive collection meticulously embraces the feminine silhouette with a wide sized range. Experience the only bra in the world to offer dual functionality, providing the option to transform from sexy and supportive everyday wear to a discreet one-handed nursing wonder. True to her socially responsible nature, Nadine has brought production in-house in Toronto, Canada, where ethical issues of environment and human rights are a non-issue. She has also founded Maternal Goddess, a nonprofit organization. As executive director, she is dedicated to enhancing the education and awareness of the changes and challenges women experience post-birth and advocating for equal access healthcare in Canada. So thank you so much, Nadine, for being on. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. That was a really great intro. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share a bit more, kind of what motivated you um, to start your business and how you got started with opening, specifically to do with the postpartum recovery in mind? Um, So, yes, I was motivated by my own personal experience, and I would say maybe the outrage I felt when I had my daughter, and I couldn't believe that there were no, well, first of all, I was actually shocked by the amount of things I did not know were going to happen, because I've read all these books, and none of them really talked about what was going to happen to me in detail right? So I found that to be very strange. I felt like I was highly underprepared. And then the second thing is I actually really understood what the value of having supportive undergarments are in a very serious time of need. And I was very surprised that there was nothing really out there to take care of that. So there was a lot of focus on pregnancy And then there's obviously focus on other aspects of a woman's life, but there was really nothing to cater to the postpartum period, which for some women, all women really last a lifetime. Okay. But for some women, it depends on what they've gone through can last 
for a very, very long time in terms of getting back to feeling your new normal, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I kind of got started. It was, a, it was just a, I think you have to be a little bit outraged or upset, or you just feel like there's something missing and you want to be able to help other people um, so that they don't get, they don't go through that process or it makes it easier for them. Mm -hmm. I just have a couple questions based on your bio. Yeah. What is the size range of the products that you offer? So right now we're offering 30 to 44 backs, A to I cups. So that's a pretty big range. We're running at about 50 SKUs there. Mm -hmm. uh, we really focus on the larger cup size because it requires a completely different composition in terms of structure and development. And I find that a lot of my moms, when they come to me, they go up quite substantially. So I gained a considerable amount of weight in my pregnancy. And so for me, it was very, very eye-opening because I've always been somebody who was a certain body type. And I decided, you know, I was actually shocked for the first time. Okay, now I'm dealing with a whole bunch of other things that are happening. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up going up five cup sizes. So if that's happening to me, how many other women is this happening to? So interestingly enough, one of our most popular sizes is the 34G. So I have to accommodate that, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't want to leave any woman left out. So in bottoms, we run from an extra small to a 3XL. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we move into the four and the five and the six X, at that point, I, I like to do things custom because the body has changed so much and it's not just a matter of grading. Now we're dealing with different parts of the body that um, have changed, right? So you can't really just grade up from there is what I would say. Cool. And we will get into this conversation a little bit more as we go on sizing and what to look for postpartum. And I'm excited about that. Before we dive into that, tell us about how your company is socially responsible. Oh my goodness. I feel like that's all I know. It's just ingrained in me as a person. I like to sleep at night. <laughs> so most of my decisions are based on how I do things. So I don't do business with people I don't feel are aligned with what my vision is for my brand. Um, whether that be in terms of sourcing fabrics, the way they're made, the, you know, the, the chemicals that are put into dyeing the fabrics, things like this I'm looking at. Um, and then the bigger part is the fact that I'm really focused on women's healing. I find that the lingerie is sort of a conduit to that but that's not what, I mean, I, and I focus on that, but everything I focus on with the lingerie is all about how can it facilitate a woman's transition during postpartum and then at any stage of her life. So we really focus on education and awareness uh, around what's going to happen to your body. Uh, we use underwear as a form to communicate that because underwear is very intimate. And when we deal with women who are getting fittings, you start to see a lot of things disclosed. A lot of women, when they come to me, it's the first time they're actually getting undressed, you know, in front of somebody else besides their partner, if they have one. Um, and a lot of things come out during that time. So it's an opportunity for me to have a conversation with them and hopefully semi normalize whatever they're feeling or just give them a place where they can have that conversation. And then we also run uh, maternal goddess so a portion of 
every garment that's purchased goes towards sustaining that organization. And what we've done is we've done a collective of industry experts who write for that platform online. And we started doing events offline so that people can come in and learn about all the different aspects of postpartum that haven't really been discussed uh, before. Now it's becoming a little bit more common, but still, we still see there's a huge gap, right? In between what people are uh, given and what people know. Mm -hmm. As you're talking and mentioning the healing aspects of the lingerie, I'm just thinking, probably approaching it from a physical healing, but then you mm -hmm. probably see so much of the mental and emotional side of things too. Yes, I do. Actually, you know what? So we had an event yesterday and in the last five to 10 minutes, this woman came in and she was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm late. I just really need to get a new nursing bra. You know, are you able to help me or, you know, should I book an appointment? And I said, absolutely. I'm able to help you. Let's try and get you, get you fitted into something. Um, and then she disclosed that she just had her baby two days ago. So I'm saying to her, are you kidding me? Like, why, why, how are you even here right now? You're a rock star. That's amazing. And um, so we did a fitting and everything. And she was just at a place where she said, you know, I really, I really need this for my mental well-being. Because she's had that bra since her first uh, pregnancy. And I can completely understand. Because even though, and not from a vain perspective, okay? But we know that when we put on something that fits us well, or that makes us look great, we instantly feel good. It's like an instant pick-me-up. And it's, it makes a huge difference. It's like when you've been ill for a long time, and then you take a shower and you put on something just to go to the doctor, you just, it's like you feel a little bit better, you know? So I recognize how important that is. And when we have children, we don't always want to feel like we're in utilitarian undergarments because we need them for function. Why can't we have both? A lot of times, you know, we just had our baby and women end up having to wear, you know, their maternity stuff. And there's just something psychological that goes along with that, right? You want to move out of that stage and move into something, another stage. So absolutely. I think undergarments are a huge part of your well-being. Incredible. I love everything you're saying about that. And especially that last part you said about wanting to move into the next stage. And I think that is so mm -hmm. true. I'm like nodding along with you. I was scrolling yeah. your website earlier today. And that's what I'm feeling too at three months postpartum with my second. It's like, I just wanted to be postpartum for so much of this last pregnancy. And I think that so many of my clients have felt the same things too. Right. It's almost glorified, like the pregnancy process has become very glorified now. And the postpartum process has become a process that you actually, you know, women find that they need to hide or all these other things, because we're getting a lot of messages. And while we're getting a lot of great messages on social media platforms and different avenues, we're also getting, I think, an equal amount of negative messaging uh, when it comes to body image and this whole bounce back culture that people are seeing. And if it's their first pregnancy, almost expect or use that as a measuring stick, um, as opposed to more seasoned moms, like moms who've had more than one child, might appreciate that, that part of the pregnancy more, right? Yes, for sure. So all three of us here are moms and entrepreneurs. So I'm interested to hear 
your experience on this next question. And it is, what were some of your biggest challenges opening your business while being a mom? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think, um, what were some of my biggest challenges? I think not knowing how it was going to happen, right? It's more personal. The challenges that I had were more personal. I'm always telling people when people come to me and talk to me about business and ask for my advice, you will only go as far professionally as you're willing to go personally. So I had no idea how I was going to do. If I look back at how far I've come now and I knew all this back then, I'd have been like, there's no way I can do this. I think there was a set, set, like an element of ignorance is bliss involved. And I was able to kind of go through each challenge because I was so focused on a very strong why. And my why was, you know, why are women not given this information? Why are we not being, why are we being ignored during this part of our life when this is supposed to be a celebratory aspect of having a child? The fourth trimester is an equally important trimester out of all four trimesters there it's there for a reason and it also needs to be acknowledged so that women feel supported because when mom is not supported children cannot thrive families don't thrive so that i kept that at the forefront of my mind and i think that's really important for people to really have a strong why it's for your own vision and able ability to get through things that come up so when did you, after having your daughter, when, how far postpartum did you end up starting up your business? A year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was in my mind uh, during, during my breastfeeding journey and my healing journey. Um, but I said, okay, if I'm going to take this seriously, I just incorporated it. That was my first step. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Then I'll take myself more seriously. And it's true. I was like, okay, I have a business. <laughs> <laughs> I have a business, so, and then everything kind of snowballed from there, right? But it's, it's a journey. And what would you say, like, what do you love the most? And what would you say you find the most difficult um, aspects in terms of being an entrepreneur? What I love the most is meeting people, touching people, knowing that people are moved by the product, by the experience, um, by their interactions with me and the brand makes everything worth it. Um, and I think the most difficult part of entrepreneurship for me, at least, is also my own limited thinking at times. I think, uh, that's the most difficult part, um, for me. And then it's just working through those things. Yeah. What do you mean by your own limited thinking? So sometimes I might think, oh, is that a good idea? Like I'll, I might doubt myself. Okay. And then I will look for, then there's signs that validate. <laughs> Am I paying attention to those signs? That's another thing, right? Like I can get, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, this is, am I doing the right thing? And then I'll get a review from somebody who purchased the bra in another country. Oh my God, this has changed my life. It's an experience. So those kinds of things really help. Like I said, the why part, it just kind of helps you to go keep going forward. Right? Um, yeah. Okay. What does a day in the life look like for you? I can't wait to hear. <laughs> what this is. Okay. So now that we're off of summer and we're in a little bit more of a routine, makes life a little bit easier. I know back to school is like 
it's very exciting, I think, for parents too, right? Because we kind of get a little bit of a routine going and it's not, what am I, what's going to happen? Um, so right now, we get up in the morning, just kind of reheat my daughter's lunch, pack it up, take her down to the bus, and then I try to go for a walk. I live down by the lake, so I try my best. So I've been going pretty consistently. Weeks only, uh, school's only started back for three weeks now, so I've been pretty consistent. I'm really trying to get in as much as I can before this weather gets very cold, and down by the lake, it's really cold. <laughs> um, so I try to go down for a walk, and I like to go down in the nature aspect of it, like there's this huge, beautiful tree park and I like to go in there and then I'll sit there and I'll meditate for 10 minutes. Just put my timer on and then I will come back up. Um, and then I get ready for my day. I just pack my stuff, I get ready and then I head into the factory. Um, so then my factory consists of usually things that come up in a normal day. Um, and then a few fires come up sometimes as usual. And we just kind of get through whatever it is that we're planning. We have a few fun things uh, that we're planning right now. And then after I have a few meetings and then after I pick up my daughter from school and then we come home and we work together on whatever, whatever it is that she's working on um, from around maybe 6 to 8 p.m. And then we spend time together and then it's off to bed and then I'm pretty much working. <laughs> I am working. I try not to, but on a Friday night, I'll try to put on a movie because I feel like the whole world is taking a break. So I'll put on a movie. I don't get through it though. I always fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like Saturday night's really my night. Like if I have something to do or unless I have something else planned, but that's pretty much my typical day. I am so interested about your business being in Toronto. Mm -hmm. I think that's incredible. And that's obviously something that's extremely important to you to have your garments made in Canada. What does your team look like? Uh, in terms of what, like what, what everybody's doing? Yeah. Who, who makes up your team? Who's helping you in this business? So I have sewers in this business that work with me directly. Amazing people. We work on different things. We look at pictures. We're always trying to innovate and change together. I work very closely with them. And then I have my technical designer. She actually doesn't live here. She lives in the States. So I would say I spent a lot of my time FaceTiming her <laughs> because I'll come up and say, you know what, this is really something that I see as a need. Like, how can we figure this out together? Or we're working on different things together. Um, and then I have a ton of people that I use for like advisory. I have somebody, you know, helping me out with certain things like, you know, my strategy, my planning and executing all of that. But I find I, I like to spend a lot of time with people who are not in my industry and who are experts at what they do. So I also am part of the social venture zone at Ryerson. I try to spend some time going down there. Um, I don't spend a lot of, I spend a lot of time in the factory, but I do spend a lot of time also kind of getting out of the factory. I like to go and meet people and just get different perspectives because I think that that's really healthy and important once you're in something all the time, it's really hard to see things objectively, especially if something's very close to you, like your business, it is like your other baby. And it's always good to get other people's perspectives on things. So I try my best to make appointments with people at least once a week that are not in my industry, that I respect and that I would appreciate their feedback, feedback on some aspect of the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then speaking of feedback, um, kind of going back a bit to when your business first started, what was the feedback and comments from customers that you received 
that this this was so new. So yeah, we're curious to hear what everyone thought initially. Um, I think industry people were more skeptical than the actual general public. The general public was like, oh my gosh, absolutely. This is so needed. People in the industry were not as convinced. Okay. Because I've got comments from big name people that are like, oh, women hate themselves during this time. So I really don't like this period of like selling clothing or I don't think it's a good idea to keep it, you know, Canadian made. You'd make so much money if you offshore it. So I got a lot of that, but I stuck to what felt right to me. I mean, it might change in the future, but up until this point, it felt really important for me to take this direction. Um, And then in terms of from clients, amazing feedback. It's just when I meet with people, we have anything from like tears, (laughs) which is, so beautiful. We have people coming in and saying, you know what, this has been such a great experience. I think I want to go and get my hair done. Or, you know, there's just, people just end up divulging a lot of their personal experiences and their feelings again, because we're dealing with intimate apparel and I'm seeing them at a very vulnerable state. Um, so that's pretty much the kind of feedback I've been getting. And now that we've we're further along and we are getting clients like all over the world, it's pretty much very similar, the feedback that we're getting. So it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. With your company having a focus on postpartum recovery, what advice do you have for expecting new or seasoned moms about postpartum body image? I think the number one thing is to let go of your own personal expectations of what you once were and what you see. Um, I think it's so interesting. I've had this conversation with a lot of women. Maybe when you're in your 20s and you think back on when you used to wear a bikini and how self-conscious you used to be, and then you have a baby and you're thinking, what was my problem? (laughs) You know, I think it's all about perspective and women just have to recognize and realize that this is also a period in their life. And 20 years from now, they're going to look back just like we're looking back and say, what was my problem? You know, I read this beautiful quote the other day. I was not put on this earth to look good in a bikini. It is so true. That is not the most important part of your being. What is important is how you're feeling, how you're interacting, how you are taking care of yourself and how you're living your life. And it is difficult to deal with a lot of changes that go through Um, your body, like stretch marks, stretchy skin, sometimes it's weight gain. And I find that women are more accepting of it in the postpartum phase than they are two years down the road, right? Like now it's been two years and why does my body still look like, you know, I just had a baby at that point. I think, you know, there's so many factors that are involved and exploring that could be a part of your mental health and your healing and your growing. But again, once you're postpartum, you're postpartum for life. You cannot undo never having, like having had a baby. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of, it's coming into your own rebirth as well and recognizing that this is a rebirth for your body too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jess and I always talk about how we feel society is always telling us that we should pretty much erase any 
visual or any showing that we've ever had kids, which just seems so the opposite of what you're talking about today of instead almost celebrating. Right. And that's where we should all be going in. So I know also with experience after my daughter, um, with undergarments, like bra size was just constantly changing with nursing and just with milk, especially initially. So what what should expecting um, or postpartum moms know about shopping for undergarments, um, especially that postpartum period? So the first thing is the minute your bra feels uncomfortable, start looking for something new. You know, I think women, we kind of say, oh, well, this is going to be a temporary moment in my life and I'm just going to like wear this bra for a little bit and then throw it out. I don't know how many women I tell you I see two years postpartum or like are still rocking their nursing bra or will just still wear it. And they, their children are six years postpartum because that bra is comfortable. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> like, you know, it, what's important is that you start to realize, so guess what? Breasts on women were designed for breastfeeding. And now the show is on. It's here. So now it's time to support your breasts as best as you can. Don't like use that as an opportunity to think, oh, you know, it's only temporary. I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know how many women that I meet that will tell you that their breasts have changed completely. And if they had invested in a good bra the first time, you know, maybe their experience would have been very different. And I see moms coming after their third child. And they're like, I'm getting a good bra this time because I'm, I deserve it. Right. A lot of times we put ourselves second and it can make a huge difference. Just something that small. Mm-hmm. And it's also really important to have something that understands what your body's going through at that time. So you're not fumbling and fidgeting and, and getting irritable with a garment that you just can't wait to get rid of. Right. Because you're using this garment maybe nine to 20 times a day. So you, you, and the chances of people seeing it, and you seeing it, it's a bit, you know, I see a lot of women like, oh my gosh, I'm really sorry. This is like my really old nursing bra. You know, if you're going to be self-conscious about that, it's really important to invest in something that's really going to make you feel good about yourself and celebrate yourself. It's all about, you know, getting back to that ways to make yourself feel good during that time. Because even though it's temporary, it's present right now. And it feels very real and very long in the present moment, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. You can't see me, but I'm nodding my head to everything you're saying. Okay, so selfish question. I'm three months postpartum, second baby. Been wearing the old nursing bras from the last time around. Gonna change this moving forward. But is this a good time to get measured for a bra? When should we do this postpartum? Sure. I mean, I think it's important. Like, like I had said, once you start to feel there's a change or something's uncomfortable, get measured. You know, we're not, we, our bodies change so often. They say it six times in our lifetime. Oh my gosh, it's way more than that. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want to find something. If you feel like you've, so you're a seasoned mom, you already know what it's like, kind of, you have an idea of what your body's going through. You've already done this the first time and you can kind of gauge where your body's at in terms of where you're at in the three month mark. Right. And if it's very similar to what was like, what it was like before, um, you can start looking into something like that for yourself. So I would say go and get fitted. The minute you feel like something's uncomfortable or something needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's ways to fit yourself. We're probably going to, we have to come up with a video because at this point, like so many people are asking, it's very easy to actually measure yourself. 
And that's something I really want to empower women with because it's kind of putting the power back into your hands and not, it's like that dreaded shopping experience. People don't really like to go bra shopping. Oh my gosh, this is an ordeal. Okay. I got to get my mind prepared for this. I have to kind of organize myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not something women really enjoy doing. I, I generally, right. They don't really like to go and get fitted by other people. And then one person will tell you one thing. Somebody else will tell you another. It's a very empowering um, experience. But generally if you go to a really good bra fitter, um, they'll be able to help you with that. And just the minute you start to feel uncomfortable, go and get, go and get yourself fitted. So, yeah. So I have a question as well with soon to become postpartum number two. Um, first time around, I had some people say not to get a nursing bra with any sort of kind of structure or underwire because it could potentially affect milk supply. Mm -hmm. But personally, I felt like there were times where I wanted, you know, when we're going out of the house or anything, like I needed that support just Mm -hmm. with what I felt I needed for my body. So I was curious with your opinion and obviously with what you're doing, like what, um, what have you noticed with that? So we really pride ourselves on creating wireless bras that feel and fit like a wire. When you get up in the larger cup sizes, it's a little bit different. And also wearing a wire is a very personal preference. A lot of people, even if the bra sits and fits on them really well, that's just what they're used to. That's how they feel. Some women like their bras a little tighter. You know what I mean? So um, that's really a personal preference in terms of the health and safety aspect of it. A lot of people, lactation consultants, would recommend that you don't do a wire if you're a first-time mom because your milk is coming in and they don't want to, you don't want to restrict the ducts. And the issue is a lot of women are not wearing the correct bra size. So now that's kind of all these factors combined is just a recipe for disaster. So let's just avoid it all together and get a wireless bra. And so that's the thinking around it. But if you get a really good fitting, if you feel more comfortable, if you can recognize signs in your body, then why not wear a wire bra if you feel like that's right for you? But it isn't the only option is what I'm saying. It's it's good to also try and see... Um, other bras that are supportive, which I know has been hard to find. Um, with us, we do a lot of that. And I'm just, I just, I'm like, just try on the bra, like with a lot of women, just try it on and they're shocked. Oh my gosh, it feels so comfortable. And it actually supports, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, it's really about knowing your body and making sure you're in the right size. I think that's one of, if you want to wear a wire, otherwise there are alternatives out there for you. So yeah. Can you talk to us more about Maternal Goddess? What is this nonprofit organization and what is the mission? So Maternal Goddess is the nonprofit organization that I had founded. Um, initially, the reason why I founded it was because I felt as though there was way too much information for it to, to be attached to the brand alone and it needed to breathe on its own platform so more people would get involved and be less intimidated. I felt if it was tied to the brand completely, people might be more hesitant to contribute. And that wasn't the goal. It, it just, it needed its own life so that it can grow to be what it's becoming. And our goal is to advocate for women and women's health, especially in the fourth trimester, to educate people on what's really going to happen after you have a baby and a non-biased approach, just so that people are able to make informed decisions for what's right for them. Um, and we, we do a lot of our stuff online because we just find women 
a lot of times women don't really know what's happening to their body and they might feel uncomfortable asking people. So they can look up this information on their own and read it in their own time. And they know that it's industry experts that are giving them this information. And if they like what they say, then they can follow them. Or, you know, if they're in the area, they might want to, you know, go to see them. And then the other thing is we have a bigger mission. Our goal is to help uh, work on healthcare in Canada because we found um, based on the research that we're doing, I mean, first of all, we have, we do have, you know, a year off maternity leave, but then at the same time, we don't really have a lot of access to resources for moms. So what is that really about? You know, let's start having this conversation about the healing and extending that whole care that we get during pregnancy into aftercare that's for, that we already have for baby, but for moms. So recently in our most recent conference this past May, we've had an incredible uh, family doctor come on board and she had just had a baby and she was so surprised. She said she's going to be treating her patients extremely differently because there isn't an actual fourth trimester protocol for women. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is something that we're working on with a lot of people. It's a collective and figuring out how we can facilitate that for women, you know, on a national level. Amazing. And going back a bit in terms of how you're talking about with your business, did you always know you wanted to own a business one day? You know what? I don't know. A lot of people used to tell me I have a business mind. I, my family has been very business oriented. I only recognize this when I think back. I'm like, oh, my cousin used to have a travel agency. My other cousin used to own a jewelry factory and six jewelry stores. My aunt had a floor shop. Like we, our family is very entrenched in running their own business. Um, and ironically, I have no background in fashion or anything like that. And it just felt kind of natural to me to start something and I didn't really realize how much of a, I don't know. It's like, I didn't realize that it's a business, you know, even though I'm doing all the things in a business way, it just feels like it's a part of my life. It's a part of my mission. Right. So I don't know if I always knew I was going to be a business owner, but it just kind of happened that way. You briefly touched on this at the beginning of the episode, but do you have any advice for moms who are considering opening their own business? Absolutely. If you feel like it's calling you, do it. I've met with so many moms who are doubting themselves and they come to me and they're like, we just want to get your opinion. Do you think this will work? Do you think, and I always refer to this one thing. I don't know if people know about it. I don't know if you'll know about it, but the Snuggie, do you know about the Snuggie? They just saw it on TV and I'm like, people, that's a backwards robe. <laughs> like, I can't believe you don't see that it's a backwards robe. So if that can sell, anything can sell. And there's enough space in the marketplace for everybody. How many nail salons? How many convenience stores? How many makeup? You know, there's a, enough room and the, there's enough space for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So if you feel like it's something that's calling you and it's nagging at you, then why not pursue it? It's really at that point, your own fear that's stopping you, right? Your fear of failure, you know, whatever the fear could be, that's the number one thing that I hear people say, you know, Um, but you really don't know what the outcome is going to be until you jump into it. So why not? Why not try? 
Mm-hmm. Right? And what, what would you say is the long-term vision for your business? The long-term vision for my business is to really make the fourth trimester something that people recognize as part of the pregnancy process and part of the process of being a woman if she decides to become a mother, because not all women will be mothers, and that's fine. Um, but it should also be a recognized part of being a woman. And it's so surprising to me how many women don't know what happens in the fourth trimester, how many men don't know what's happening in the fourth trimester. It's almost like this unspoken experience until we have it. And then we join this, the mom, the group of moms and we all talk about it, but it needs to be normalized. So I would like to see our business be a part of that conversation and be a leader in that conversation. That's beautiful. I just have one more question for you for, I can just maybe picture some people thinking this in their minds. Um, For those moms that might be thinking, oh, I'm not going to spend the money on this. Like you were saying, the body's just going to change six months from now. Maybe I'll do it then. It's so expensive. What do you say to that? I think we decide to put our money where we see value, right? If we don't see value in ourselves, we won't put money there, but we'll put money towards other things. And if you look at it from from a perspective, especially like I'm in the ethical, you know, production space. So when we take it back a little further, when you look at things, when you buy quality pieces over quantity, they end up lasting you. They survive washes. They survive trends. They survive years. You know what I mean? So it's, it's more of an investment in yourself. It's an investment in your wardrobe. And it's something I create pieces that are meant to be essentials, basics for women. They're not going to be changing every two seasons. And then you feel like you have an outdated. No, I don't want that. It's, it's really meant to be classic pieces that you can wear way beyond fourth trimester because I have a lot of women buying my stuff that are not even in that space because they love it. You know what I mean? So I think that's a really big part of it. It's if you change your mindset around um, the price point and then you also recognize, you know, why are other things so much cheaper? Like if we have that conversation, I can go on for a very long time. And a lot of times in the garment industry, unfortunately, it is exploited it's exploitative and it is mostly on mothers, women who are producing things, you know what I mean? So that's a bigger conversation to have, but I think people don't really recognize, you know, how, how many people are getting paid and where, you know, in this process, just something doesn't really add up. Um, Yeah. So there's just a, but I think overall, when it comes down to it, quality over quantity. Yeah, and I think it's so important what you mentioned there about how much people are getting paid and um, the the values of the business. And that's one thing that I love so deeply about your company and also why I want to support your company is because now we know you and we know your mission behind it. We know that you care deeply about your staff and the the ethical issues behind the company. And I feel like that is just so important for us to hear. Thank you. And is there anything else, Nadine, that you'd like to share with the listeners? Anything we didn't cover? Anything you want to expand on? 
Um, you know, we're just really excited to move forward. We have some really fun things that we're coming out with. Um, and that's all thanks to people who are really brand advocates. You know, if, if we don't have these women that are supporting us, then we can't continue to develop things that are going to satisfy their needs. So I would say I, we really love feedback. We love to hear from people. We love having conversation. That's actually what keeps us growing. That is the blood of our, our business. It's, it's having that interaction with everyone because when you're now, I find myself at a desk more. That's why I really try to get out of the factory and have those appointments. But now that I'm at the stage where my business is more operational than it is in ideation, you can get caught up in your day to day and just getting those messages or just getting that feedback is a really big deal for us. Mm -hmm. So talk to us. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm yeah. sure many of our listeners will after this, we'll be sure to put links to everything in the show notes so everyone can find it. Um, and thank you so much, Nadine, for your time and coming to chat because you know, so much what you talked about, everything from body image to postpartum recovery to entrepreneurship for moms. These are all things that Jess and I um, really want to have more of a conversation about and share more about. So thank you so much for all the expertise you shared with us today. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I really appreciate you having, having me on with you. On the next episode of To Birth and Beyond, Anita and I sit down to talk about surprise pregnancies, all the emotions surrounding an unplanned pregnancy, and what to consider if you are talking to someone who is pregnant, how to gauge their reactions and emotions to this sensitive time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 